0: And I've heard some people say, you know, who will care about me? Who will ever want to read my journal? And, I mean, A, as you know, it's not always important to journal for the purpose of someone else reading it. You know, sometimes you just of want course. to journal and delete it. But right, right. it's not, I feel like it's not my decision to make who will read it. You know, that's going to be my children and my grandchildren's decision. I have two kids of my own now, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and I just, I really don't think it's going to be our decision to make. I think it's going to be the next generation's decision, you know, but looking the other direction, I know my grandfather kept a journal, and I would love to read that someday. I would love to digitize it and make it available to all of my family, and the same is true with my parents, you know, they're still alive, but I want to make sure that we have access to those things in the future.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are listening to Journal Talk, a bi-weekly podcast about all things journaling. This podcast is part of Write for Life, a web resource for living with clarity, passion, and purpose through journaling. Visit our website at number 4 lifeus and now, here's the host of Journal Talk and the founder of Write for Life, journaling coach Nathan Orrin.
2: Well, welcome and thank you for tuning in to Journal Talk. Thank you, thank you so much. My name is Nathan Orrin. I've been keeping a journal for 28 years. It's made a huge impact on my life, it's helped me to think with greater clarity. And it's helped me to identify and connect better with my passions and my purpose in life. And today, in addition to keeping my own journal fresh and fun and interesting, I love to share journaling tips and techniques with other people. So here I am. What did you think of that new music? Someone said it's a cross between Glee and Super Mario Brothers-sounding music. Um, People ask me where I get my music, so I should give credit to audionetwork.com for this piece. It's a piece called Ooh Yeah, and I'm kind of having fun with it. And while I'm giving credit, uh, everyone asks me, so I should mention that those two beautiful voices that you hear every week or every episode during the transition— uh, times Those are my younger twin sisters, Kimmy Maher and Tammy Egbert. They do a great job. I love having them as part of the show. And thank you, Kim and Tammy, for doing that. They sort of take turns. And so this week, you're listening to Kim as my voiceover, Vanna. I just think that music is just so catchy. I'm probably going to keep it for a little while. But it's not just the music that's new on Journal Talk this episode. No, no. There's something else very new and special about this episode. So go ahead, Kim. Ask me, what else? What else is new on Journal Talk?
1: (laughs) So, Nathan, what else is new?
2: (laughs) Well, we have a male guest Yes, maybe you thought that I only interviewed beautiful blonde women on this show. No. (laughs) I'm excited to share with you my interview with Sam Lytle from Carson City, Nevada, not just because he's male, but because he's a mover and a shaker in the world of journaling. Sam Lytle is pushing the field of self-expression into the realm of technology. He's known online as the Digital Journaling Guru. He has a website. He and Tiffany maintain a website called EasyJournaling.com and it attracts people far and wide who are looking for the best methods to keep their typewritten journals safe, private, and searchable. Sam's newest book, 101 Reasons to Write a Journal, was released earlier this year and it's being sold on Amazon.com. And it's a book that I personally truly believe it's the first place that people should go when they're thinking about making that commitment to keeping a journal of their own. I mean, it's very inspirational. It's a lot of fun. It's literally got 101 different reasons backed with personal stories Uh, from Sam and and his life. And Sam and I are going to talk about all these things and more in this episode of Journal Talk, so let me get started. I have uh, three different segments from that telephone conversation to play for you, and here's the first one. Enjoy the show. Well,
3: good morning, Sam, and welcome to Journal Talk.
0: Good morning to you, Nathan, and I appreciate the offer to come on.
3: Yeah, great. I'm really excited to talk to you and hear all the latest developments. You're the kind of person, uh, that just has a lot going on and many different projects in the air and I really respect the way that you just you keep moving things forward and, and bringing your, your audience new things. Do you want to share a little bit about Easy Channeling and, and how that got started and what it is for people who may not know?
0: Sure. It started, I started the website. It's almost been two years ago now. It was in June of 2011. But I actually, I've been journaling most of my life. And about five or six years ago, I switched from writing by hand to keeping my journal on a computer or on a smartphone or something like that. And so a couple years ago, as I looked around, I realized that no one was teaching what are the best journal apps, what are the best ways to use them. And that's why I started easyjournaling.com. And it's been amazing that I'm still the only one that's focusing on digital journaling, even after all of these years. And it's, it's been I really know. cool because, you know, the people that come to my website, it's very like-minded individuals looking for a, uh, a digital journaling solution.
3: That's great. That's great. There are several apps out there and it's hard to know which one to pick, you know, based on what individuals' needs are. And you've started a guide that helps people based on their, preferences and their lifestyle and what their goals are, what do you call that tool?
0: I call it the Best Journal App Tool, and you can find it by going to bestjournalapp.com, and it's completely free. We've just released that a couple weeks ago, and the reason that I created that was because I was finding that the majority of people coming to my website were just trying to find the best journal app. If that's why a lot of people are coming here, I want to help them. I want to make sure Mm -hmm. that they truly are finding the best journal app, and so I paid a developer. And we created bestjournalapp.com. And what it is, is like you mentioned, there's uh, seven or eight questions that you answer. You know, what device are you going to be using? What secondary device, if any, are you going to be using? Do you prefer a simple interface? You know, do you want to export via PDF or do you just want to keep the journal on your device? There's a database of over 70 apps and there's an algorithm that ranks them and will give you the top five according to your answers. And then you can just click through and and buy the app right there.
3: Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. And giving app advice is nothing new to you. You've been doing that even before Easy Journaling, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, that was one of my first make money online sort of things that I did. About a year before I started Easy Journaling, I wrote for a website called App Advice and they do app reviews for the iPhone and iPad. And they would just have a list of apps and I would pick one and then I would use it and I would do a a review on it. And I really enjoyed that. But they were having me do these apps that I didn't care about, you know, like some random obscure game or tool or I just didn't have a passion for it. And so that's part of why I split off and started doing easy journaling. And also yeah,
3: yeah, the sense of it I get from you is, wow, this is all great, but let's do this for something that really means something to
0: people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and also, like, it, it's a lot of work to do every individual post. And so I would rather, you know, do something I'm passionate about, even if it pays less money, especially in the mm-hmm. beginning.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love the story of how 101 Reasons to Write a Journal came into being, and it started with just that. It was a post on the site that you did a little research, and from your own experience, you put together a a list that kind of expressed 101 different reasons that people would want to write a journal or keep writing a journal, and the response to that led to a book that's now its own entity and being sold separately. Tell us how that's doing and how that's uh, being used.
0: Yeah. As you mentioned, uh, it was just a couple months after I started easy journaling. I really wanted to do kind of a, a cornerstone post and I started writing, you know, reasons to journal and I found there was maybe a list of 10 somewhere online. I was like, you know, I want to do more than that. And so I just kept going and going and I finally got 201 reasons and it really, it wasn't that difficult and that post has always been one of the most popular ones on the website, but even more than the traffic they came to, it was the comments. There's probably over 20 comments by now of people that are just, you know, you can't understand how much this list helped me and gave me inspiration and all that stuff. And so, you know, when I finally decided to, to actually write a full book out of that, it was when we did our journaling conference back in January
3: mm-hmm. with uh,
0: Mary McCarthy and the girls from... Journal in a Box,
3: Yvonne right. and
0: Tanya. You know, once I finished that, I, I released it and now it's available on Amazon and I've gotten a lot more positive feedback than I ever thought I would. I mean, already it's been out maybe two months and there's 10 reviews on Amazon and every single one of them is positive and most of them are five-star reviews. And and that really, you know, it makes, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you're making a difference out there when that many people really appreciate what you've done.
3: Yes, yes. Yeah, very good. Well, I'm glad to hear. I'm sure it's going to continue. And it's one of those books that when it's written in its day, it's one thing. And as the years go by, it's, it's something that people will keep coming back and referring to. So it's it's one of those. It's a great corner pieces to have. So congratulations. And what's next?
0: Well, <laughs> as you mentioned, I always have more, <laughs> more things coming up. The, the biggest thing I'm working on is my own podcast and uh-huh. it took me a long time to figure out exactly what I wanted the podcast to be about because I do more than just journaling. You know, I take a lot of pictures of my kids and sometimes I'll create these family videos and I'm doing a lot of these technology projects
3: mm-hmm. that don't
0: necessarily include journaling. And so eventually I decided to call it the capturing life through technology podcast.
3: That's great. That is, yeah. that is, that encompasses us a lot and I, I could just imagine the, uh, the branches that contribute to that tree make it very strong.
0: You know, it's going to be something that I really am passionate about and it's going to be things that I do know something about and I've, I've already recorded the first couple episodes and I plan on releasing that this upcoming weekend.
3: Where can people find it?
0: Well, the best way is just to go to easyjournaling.com and sign up for the email updates. Great. Yeah, and as far as other projects, I'm working on another book. It's just gonna be a A to Z. I have an iPhone, you know, what's the best app I should use? How do I use that app? How can I take my digital journaling to the next level? I'm gonna try and get some feedback from my audience on what to name it, but it's basically gonna be the iPhone journaling guide.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: and then kind of my long term goal for the summer is I I really want to do sort of a digital journaling university because there's so many people that, you know, not knowing where to get started or where they should go from where they are. And I know how yourself and other journaling gurus kind of teach you the best practices for journaling itself, you know, like maybe journaling prompts or how you can get those emotions out. What i would focus on on that project and also what I usually focus on is is more digital journaling best practices, you know, like how do you back up your data and export your journal and how you print it out so that you can have a copy. How do you set up Dropbox and, you know, stuff like Mm -hmm. that where Mm -hmm. I don't teach them what to write. I leave that up to you guys, you know.
3: Yeah, you're right. I mean, the whole doorway to to the digital journaling thing encompasses so much more than, you know, the emotional aspect. It's those elements that you mentioned. And there's a lot of people who are still, for whatever reason, nervous or uninformed. I've always been an early adopter of technology myself, but when I have, you know, made the leap from, you know, the old DOS programs into Windows and, and from Windows, you know, PC over to Mac and back and forth. I have to admit, I've been frustrated trying to figure out how I'm going to maintain some of the documents I've written. And so I think there's a need there for people to be educated on how something as cherished and personal as their journal, you know, that's not something that they can just easily set aside. It's hard to, hard to let go of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Enjoying this episode of Journal Talk. Have you already subscribed on iTunes? You won't want to miss the next episode. Go to the iTunes store and search under Journal Talk. All one word. Click subscribe and get your Journal Talk delivered free. Thanks for subscribing. And now, back to more Journal Talk.
2: Welcome back to Journal Talk. I'm interviewing Sam Lytle, the author of 101 Reasons to Write a Journal. And this is one of those interviews I really had a hard time paring down to the most essential elements of the call. We had a great conversation and covered a lot of territory. So It was difficult for me to pick and choose what to share with you. But in this next segment, we're going to talk about how Sam got his start with journal writing and how that led eventually into a much broader category of capturing life, not just through journal entries, but the full gamut, the range of ways that you can capture life lessons and memories and distill them electronically and preserve them for the future. So enjoy this segment number two.
3: Let's talk about you a little bit and how you got started with journaling. I love the story of the eight-year-old kid who couldn't play Monopoly with his brother until he wrote something. (laughs) (laughs) Talk a little bit about your family tradition and how your first experience with journaling may not have been so positive, but then through the years, you kind of adopted it for your own.
0: Yeah, keeping your personal journal is important to my family and, and I vividly remember Sunday afternoons my dad would be, you know, in his corner writing in his journal and my mom would be upstairs writing in her journal and, and then, you know, we couldn't play Monopoly until we had something written and so some of those old journal entries are, alright, I want to play Monopoly so here's my entry and that's it. <laughs> so through those years I resented it even though I'm, I'm grateful for all of those memories that were captured and then around the time that I graduated high school, I was like, you know, I, want, I really need to capture my life. I really need to start figuring out who I am, and, and journaling was an important part of that. And then, you know, I was raised LDS, which is Mormon, and I went on a mission. Mm-hmm. People call it a vacation, but I, I ended up going to Hawaii for two years on my mission.
3: <laughs> I'm sure you got the, oh, oh, that's so hard. What a terrible yeah. hard, hardship. <laughs>
0: Yeah. You don't know the half of it. So I spent two years there. And one thing that I did is from my very first day, that I'm going to write a full page in my journal every single day. And I did for two years. So it's over 700 full pages documenting that time in my life. And,
3: wow, wow. and I,
0: I really cherish that. And, you know, that was obviously all handwritten at that point. But one of the problems with that is my handwriting is terrible. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
0: And I don't even enjoy writing by hand, whereas out a keyboard, I'm, I'm a lot faster, I think a lot of my generation is way more comfortable on a keyboard. And so once I found out, I was like, whoa, you can journal online. I immediately made the switch to keeping a journal using a keyboard. And then eventually I even started using my smartphone, as I mentioned before. And then I just tried to perfect the craft and learn it. And and I know there are a lot of people that are a lot better at digital journaling than, than myself, but I talk to other people enough, you know, I talk to other gurus like yourself, I talk to software developers, the people that make these apps, and in using that information combined, I'm starting to see a picture, you know, there are better ways to do this. And Mm -hmm. one of the most basic principles is you have to take control of your data. You can't assume that this app that you're using is going to safely keep your data forever. Like, you have to get an app that will allow you to export your data it's kind of like photography where the goal is to capture the best pictures possible
3: mm-hmm.
0: and getting the best camera is really important for the photographer because it's going to t- depend on how the pictures turn out. But the photographer can jump from camera to camera capturing these pictures. It's the workflow that's more important. You know, it's getting the picture, downloading them on the computer, editing them, storing them, printing them. That it's that process that's more important. And so the analogy is those pictures are like your journal entries. You know, the goal is to capture these journal entries and collect them and, and find a process where you can eventually store them or whatever your exit strategy is. You know, store them, print them, edit them, just like the camera. Well, it matters what journal application you use because there's some that are better than others, but if you do it right, you can switch from one journal to another or you can have multiple ones because it's the workflow. It's capturing these entries and then getting them somewhere where they can later be stored, processed, edited, mm-hmm. and printed.
3: Yeah. that sense? Yeah. It makes a lot of sense, Sam. And I think it's so great that you're spotlighting this, and that analogy works really great. I think another thing is that, you know, the ability to keep the journal or the photographs or whatever is precious to you, keeping it, in a format that's applicable to whatever the newer technology is going to be. We we didn't know PDF was going to be the standard to view text-based documents 10 years ago. Now, like, everybody knows Adobe Acrobat, you know, that's just a a standard. Well, 10 years from now, you know, when holograms and and different things are out, there may Mm -hmm. be even another format. The fear, I think, for a lot of people, including myself, is I'm going to put my heart and soul into into Microsoft Word, and that .doc document is not readable by the next technology, and I've kind of lost it. And so I I feel sort of at the mercy of Microsoft to help me get my documents up to the next level, whatever that's going to be, before .doc goes obsolete.
0: That's a perfect example.
3: What I keep going back to personally, and that's why I'm, I'm really looking forward to your podcast, is My family has been documenting for years. We have a monthly newsletter that we put out um, where everybody in the family writes stories about what's going on in their little corners, stories about their family vacation or their something that happened, their kid said something funny and they have a little snippet, a paragraph or two or a page, and they'll send an email to this email address. And at the end of the month, there's one person in our family that goes and harvests all those stories out of that email box and puts together a PDF document. And it's usually somewhere in the realm of, you know, 30, 35 pages of stuff from all the different people in our family. And she puts it together into a file and sends it back out. This would be a perfect example of, you know, like, how do we maintain this? How do we, it would be great to capture this on a CD or something and put it together with the wedding videos that people have, the old style stuff. I've got VHS stuff from when I was a teenager. I'd love to bring up to date. Is your podcast going to talk about things like that, how to get the old technology ramped up and stored in something useful for today?
0: Yeah, you know, Nathan, that's absolutely what the Capturing Life Through Technology podcast is about. I love that example you just gave about that monthly newsletter because One of the things that led me in the direction that I'm taking is I was talking to a friend and she was showing me how she does a family newsletter, very similar to what you're talking about, but she just has young children, but she does it every single week and she's been doing it for like eight years or something. And she has printed versions that she sends out to her room, but she also has digital copies of all these newsletters. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. you know what? That's not exactly journaling, but it's still capturing your life, you know, and It's things like that. And I just recorded the second episode of my, of the podcast. as I talk about the family video project that I have done. And it's very Mm -hmm. similar to what you're talking about. Every year I would get all my siblings. I'm the seventh of eight children. And I would have all my siblings send me pictures from the year. And I would make a, a family video with a slideshow of pictures and music. And that was like my, Christmas present to everyone that was, and my family really loved that. And now I have, you know, six or seven years worth of that. You know, it's things like that, that I think so many people do, or other people want to do. They want these ideas. They want to know how to do it. And I just, I don't think that there's someone out there talking about the broader capturing life. You know, you're talking about digitizing old things. You know, I've done that before. I've, my wife, her family had a ton of old VHS. And so one year for Christmas, I showed her how to get those onto the computer, and then she mm-hmm. burned a DVD for all of her family. And so we have backed up all of those memories. We have them stored on my computer. We have DVDs that's so of them. great. You know, even digitizing journals. You know, maybe your, mm-hmm. your grandpa has a journal that's been passed down. Like, I want to talk about services you can use to actually turn that into a PDF. There are ways that would be great. There are ways to do things like that.
3: Yeah, so many of the newsletters that I have, I mean, we've also been doing this um, the monthly newsletter thing in our family for uh, almost 10 years, and some of the first copies that I have, they're only in hard copy, and I would love to get them preserved so that future generations can read some of the wacky adventures I've been on in my younger life.
0: Yeah, and, and I want that podcast to include all that stuff. And like I said, I think it will be really helpful when people really dig in and start listening to them. My, my hope is just that it's not so broad that it loses people's interest. But either way, it's something that I'm passionate about, and I know it's going to help some people. <laughs>
1: To another fun episode of Journal Talk with your host, Nathan Orrin. We are interested in hearing from you, our listeners, whether this is your first time tuning in or you are already a subscriber to our podcast. So please send us your reactions, comments, feedback, suggestions, and let us know what you like most or least about Journal Talk. Email us at info yeah, yeah, yeah. at writeforlife.us. That's spelled I N F O at W-R-I-T-E, the number 4, Life, L-I-F-E, dot U-S. We look forward to hearing from you. And now, back to more Journal Talk.
2: Thanks again so much for listening to Journal Talk. My name is Nathan Oren, and we are all out of time for this episode, but I just have so much more to share with you. I am going to go over time just a little bit with this final segment. Sam indicated earlier in the interview, and I've known this from talking with him before that he comes from a mormon family and a mormon background but there's something really profound that he shares about why it is why does it seem to be that mormons tend to gravitate more towards journaling and genealogy and and preserving family memories well he says something really profound and i can't wait for you to hear that also you know, this whole time we've been talking about the aspects of digital journaling and I had to ask him if he ever sits down with a pen and a paper, and still writes anything handwritten. I, I just had to ask that, so you might be interested in, in the replies to both of those questions. Everybody, I hope you have a great two weeks. I've enjoyed spending this time, and this project, Journal Talk, it means so much to me, and any feedback you have, really let me know how I'm doing, what it is you like, what it is that you'd like to hear more of. I'd be happy to tailor the content to what you're why you tune in. Just That just helps me to know why you tune in. Take care and see you next time.
0: I think I've divided journaling into two broad camps. I mean, there's the health, wellness, improve your life side of journaling. And then there's the capturing history side of journaling. Have you Mm -hmm. seen that?
3: Yeah, yeah. And it, you know what's funny is Mary McCarthy said exactly the same thing.
0: <laughs> oh, did she? She did. Me and Mary were on the same wavelength.
3: Yes, and it's so true that you each emphasize different parts of it, and there's different reasons to do either the pen or the keyboard. Sam, but let me ask you, do you ever feel the need to sit down with a pen and paper and just scratch out some thoughts? Do you ever do journaling by hand?
0: No, I haven't for a long time, uh, probably, it's probably been before I was married, which has been uh, six years. But if I needed to, and this is a, you know, this is a really good question, the whole, the benefits of writing with a pen or uh, versus a keyboard, and I get asked it quite a bit. And mm-hmm. what I've ultimately realized is you don't have to decide between the two, because if you have an iPad, In a stylus, you can write by hand on an iPad and still have all the benefits of digital journaling. You know, you can securely back it up in the cloud. You can print it, you can edit it, you can do all these things,
3: Mm -hmm. you know, just by
0: writing it with a stylus on a touch screen.
3: Interesting. So if I ever
0: did have the urge to write by hand, you know, I would do something, I would either do something like that or I would write by hand and scan it and (laughs) save it as a PDF, you know, because that's my workflow. (laughs) That's, That is what my journals become, and eventually, all of my old journals that are handwritten, I would, I really want to make sure that they are digitized so that I can store them all in one place. You know, if if my house goes up in flames, my journal is going to be fine. It's backed up in several different places, but my my mm-hmm. physical journals, you know, they'll be gone.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. And because I know you, it's more than just that. It's it's for you. It's for your children. It's for your grandchildren. It's for in some way. It's for the future, you know, citizens of the earth to know Mm -hmm. what life was like when we were walking around. I'm not LDS. I have some very good Mormon friends, and I know there's a high value placed on preserving family connection, family history. A lot of the generation.com websites, or when you go trace your genealogy, a lot of the people that started that technology on the web, we're Mormons, and uh, and I know that that's just a very strong value placed, you know, in that culture, and I don't know how or why or whatever, but but it's something that I share and I relate to, and so my, my family has a lot of those same feelings, and so we're very curious to keep all of these family documents and family celebrations and stuff updated.
0: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. The LDS church is it's almost 200 years old. And a lot of the history that we have of the church is based on the personal journals of the early founders. And so it's just always been a really, uh, it's been something that's always been emphasized. And it is kind of that capturing history through technology.
3: Sam, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with people or how can people contact you if they have more questions?
0: Anyone can email me, Sam, at easyjournaling.com. My number one suggestion is just to go to the website and sign up for updates. And that's where you will learn more about my projects, my podcast and everything else that's going on. And if you want to learn more about 101 Reasons to Journal, you can actually go to Mm 101ReasonsToJournal.com and learn more about that. And there's even a, a Nathan Oren video there. So <laughs> and I appreciate that as well. Thank you. You've done sure, so much.
3: Sure. Yeah, you bet. I'm, I'm glad to spotlight that. It's, uh, it really is a, a great piece. And yeah, thanks so much for sharing your time and being on Journal Talk.
0: Thank you, Nathan. And thanks for all you're doing with Journal Talk and, and uh, bringing the community together. I think it's, it's doing a lot more good for everyone than you probably even realize.
3: Oh, thank you. That's great. I hope, I hope so. All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon.
0: All right. Enjoy your, your Sunday, Nathan.
3: All right. Take care. All right. Bye.